Yeah, they did. Because they're real big, huh? They stomp. everybody welcome back to the ultimate hobbyist we took a little bit of a break we were really busy took a one, one month. month hiatus but we're back <laughs> we are back it's not planned at all it's not um, about dinosaurs though kind of it's about dinosaurs we're back is about dinosaurs this is not so much kind of chickens are dinosaurs chickens are yeah dinosaurs they're like little raptors so we um, we definitely did not plan a break at all. We just missed one week, and then one led to two. It's like going to the gym. Once you miss like one day at the gym, it's like it's so much easier to miss a second day, and then a third day, and then seventeen years. And that's kind of what happened here. <laughs> we missed one week. We're like, we'll make it up next week. Uh, and then two turned into three, and on three we were going to record, but we've just been so busy. So many things have changed. Yeah, it's just springtime, and. We just didn't really have time to re record and edit and get one posted, so, so here we are. So welcome to season two. Yes, we're making it season two now, so we totally officially have purpose. a podcast that has more than one season. Because we said so. Season one was supposed to be 24 episodes. It was six. It's no big deal. It's okay. So what are we talking about tonight, Sam? Chickens. To summarize, we had chickens. We got some more chickens. Now we have less chickens. We're going to tell you how that happened. We told you guys last season, I can say that now, <laughs> last season on The Ultimate Hobbyist. We had 12 chickens, or 18 um, chickens. Yeah, so we, well, yeah, basically, right? We, we ended up having 16 because we brought the six home. We brought 12 home. We had six and six. Yeah, and we killed two of them. Like, I stepped on one, and then and the other chick. one just died, right? So we had six. Yeah, so we got six gold-laced wine dots and six Rhode Island Reds. Well, as of right now, we have one gold-laced wine dot, and only one out of those original six has died. So, they were not very well uh, separated for breed. Beckett's breaking into the office right now. Whoa. So, the gold-laced wine dot is Beckett's favorite. He, like, goes out and carries it around. It's so funny. Uh, then we got the six Rhode Island Reds, which I think are all Rhode Island Reds. They've not shown anything else. And then... Um, we went back and got six silver laced wine dots because they were my favorite and almost all of them have died now. I think we have two left. We're going to get Beckett in. Wait one. I'll just keep talking. I'm good at it. Uh, so we took a family trip a couple, three, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think. And we went down to um, South Central Oklahoma to see my, my mom and uh, my brothers and nieces and nephews. And my brother took me to a chicken place. By a chicken place, I mean a guy that raises them and sells them. So, a little chicken farm, I guess. Hi, buddy. Everyone say hi to Beckett. Can you say hi? Hi. 
nose is so gross. Becca has a runny nose. And yogurt on his face. And yogurt. Um, and so you have been eating yogurt. That's right. So we went, I went and looked and we ended up buying a bunch more chickens. So we bought um, six of these speckled banny hens. I don't know what type they were. They were just speckled in color. They were beautiful. And then I bought one frizzled. I love my frizzled chicken. He's so cool. <laughs> one frizzled banny rooster who was also pretty speckly looking. Um, I have no idea what their breed is. So we ended up getting six of those hens and then that rooster. So that was seven more. And before I left my brother's house, he sold me a bunch of Brahmas. So he had three buff Brahmas. Big mamas. Very big. Full-grown, large. They walked out of the coop like they were dinosaurs. Like, yes. <laughs> so we got three buffs and then a dark Brahma. Just like that, Becca. Which is weirdly what a bunch of the gold lace wind-outs ended up being was dark Brahmas as well. So we know how big they're going to get now. So we can kind of judge how big our, all those chickens are going to be. Anyway, so we bought all these chickens. We brought them home um, within about a week. We started, uh, well, we'll get there. So because we added all these chickens, we decided we'd already knew we needed a bigger run uh, because our coop is, it's probably like eight by six or so. Um, it's concrete floor, like not the, not the bottom. Yeah, concrete footing and then uh, like plywood construction with two by fours and such. As he was saying, we have a um, six, about six by eight coop with concrete footing and uh, plywood construction. Um it works pretty well uh, as far as being a coop, but we didn't have anywhere um, enclosed to keep them outdoors. We didn't have a good chicken run or um, a good chicken pen for them. Eventually, we want to let them kind of just roam free in the yard, but we have to make sure that they can be secured when we're not home or, you know, safe from all the predators we have nearby as our property, like, backs up to a pretty wooded area. And we have foxes. That's what took all our chickens last year and raccoons and hawks and everything else that likes to attack small chickens. So I think having the bigger hens has helped keep some of the like uh, hawks and stuff away. But but the um, pen itself has definitely helped with keeping foxes and raccoons and all of those kind of critters at bay. So we've we've managed to keep them safe this year, which was super exciting. And we started getting eggs by the from the big ones that we got from his brother at Easter. The downfall is if you don't have separate places to keep chickens, you don't know where a virus came from. So now we had 28 as of Easter. We are down to how many? Eight? 29. We're, we had 29. 20. I don't know. 28 or 29. <clears throat> And now we have 18. We're down to 18 as of tonight. I found another dead one tonight. This is the 12th of May. so They have one at a time just slowly died off. They don't disappear. So we have bird bodies yeah. <laughs> present. And, and they lethargic eye function starts to go. Yeah, so the symptoms so far have been um, what you can think of a head cold or if you had the flu, right? I mean, it is a bird flu. So they appear to get like, um, their eyes get matted closed almost, almost like they are, um, I don't know, like they have extra mucus mucus or discharge or something in their eyes. And so they can't open their eyes and it usually hits one side only. And then I don't, I don't know why they generally can keep one eye open. And so you see them shaking their heads or, uh, like clawing at that eye with their foot, just like trying to clean it up. And... The Beckett's back. Um, so that's generally how you start noticing it. And then they do get very lethargic, won't eat or drink. 
Um, and then for the small chickens, and it's been like 24 to 48 hours and they're gone. The large chickens, um, all four of the Brahmas appear to be sick right now. The dark, the full grown dark Brahma, um, she got sick going on like three weeks ago now, two or three weeks. And she just kind of keeps pushing on through. She looks better. She still has the eye that's closed, but everything else appears to be good. She, we had one of the buff Brahmas. <clears throat> All three of them have appeared to be sick at some point. One got uh, almost like its equilibrium was messed up at one point, so it couldn't walk. It would try to walk and fall over. It could stand fine and get up fine, but it just couldn't walk. Um, and it's still the same one. It's been sleeping outside a lot. Like It's already laid down going to sleep outside before we put them up at night when everybody else has pretty much gone back in the chicken coop. So we're not sure... If the large ones are going to make it or not, we've obviously, you know, pushing two to three weeks of being ill with this virus and it hasn't killed them. Um, <clears throat> it does seem that they have the best chance to survive so far. So we're just going to kind of hope for the best. We've been giving them just uh, electrolytes. We've been giving them probiotic stuff like that in their water. It's the only thing we really know what to do. The virus is, I mean... Northeast Oklahoma, Northwest Arkansas, apparently it's really bad here, and they've kind of started doing the mass killings of all the the chickens. From what I understand, Oklahoma stopped all chicken operations. I don't know what that means and to the my fullest. I don't know if that means you can't buy them anymore at the store, or you can't sell eggs, or you can't have a chicken house running. I don't know. I don't really know what it means. Also, another symptom we notice is none of the big hens are laying eggs anymore. So I don't know if they've gotten sick and their bodies just started like self-maintenance which I assume is what's happening. They are no longer producing eggs. So we went from getting three to four eggs a day and now we're down to zero. So we got a whole mess of eggs though. We got probably three dozen in there, maybe more uh, before the, they stopped. We're kind of worried about eating them. We don't know if we can eat them or not. That's one of those things that it's probably not worth it. We probably should just throw them out. But as they got sick, they stopped producing. So I don't know if they were even sick and making eggs at the same time. Um, so Sam was talking about the new run that we built. Uh, I know last year we needed, we didn't have anything and that's when the foxes and the raccoons and whatever else got in and killed all of our chickens. Like we've told y'all that last season. Let's go season two. Um, that's what basically killed our first three attempts at this, right? Yeah. So Daniel built a fantastic run. Did an excellent job. Like, I'm really impressed. We had a lot of extra lumber laying around. Uh, it was here when we uh, moved into the house, and it's just kind of been sitting outside for two years. So I didn't want it to sit out there and rot, and I knew we needed a run. And lumber, of course, recently has been skyrocketed high. And so I thought, what a good, you know, might as well. We have the stuff, so let's just build a run. What I didn't know is how big I wanted it. I didn't know how to build it. And so I just looked at some online and reverse engineered them kind of in my head and thought, hey, this is how I'm going to build this this new uh, chicken run. And it worked out okay. It looks really good. It's probably, I think, so it's kind of an L shape or a pan, hand, a pan kind of shape. So it's got like a, a main square and then a kind of a handle area. But the, it's the main part. It's built off the coop though, right? Is that right. Yeah, it's built off two sides of the coop and then the other two it doesn't it's not connected to so um i want to say the front section the front square alone is something like 
16 by 14 or 18 by 14 and then there's a little extra section is 5 by 4 or something so I can't remember I did the math at one point and we're at 290 square feet of chicken run alone not counting the coop right and then you've got that 8 by 5 coop or whatever it is I don't know the exact dimensions on it either so we're over 300 square foot total I'd read somewhere that you could keep approximately um one chicken for every 10 square feet of run that you had. Didn't really say anything about the coop itself, but every 10 square feet of run, you could have, that's what one chicken needed. Um, mainly for sanitation, to keep the spread of disease, uh, fungus, and all that good stuff. So, why build it big? Because I knew we wanted a lot of chickens. Of course, we didn't have that many at the time. Well, by the time I finished it, I guess we did, right? Because yeah. we had brought them home. And they were just living in the coop all pinned up. But we got it finished. Uh, we still have to get a, a, a top on it. I don't know if I'm going to do metal. Like the our shop has got red metal on like red tin. And I thought about doing that to prevent the rainwater from getting in. Um, because I don't want it to be a mess. But it's like halfway down a hill. So the rain's going to you know run there anyway. So the other thought is that without that roof... The sun can get in and dry it out. Yeah. But they also don't have any shade. So it's like catch-22. There's a lot there. of trees around there. There's a whole bunch of trees. So, I mean, it's pretty shaded until it had to be high noon or maybe after before the sun's really beaten down in there. And then by the time it gets into the evening, that shop is on the west well, side mm-hmm. of it. So it blocks it. So they don't ever get, like, the scorching heat. Maybe the summer we'll find otherwise. I don't know. It's a learning process for sure. Yeah. Um... They always seem so simple because they kind of like, you know, somewhat take care of themselves. They need food and water, but turns out they're very uh, hard to get going, establish. Mistakes we've made so far are I put down straw as their uh, floor covering, and then I found out that apparently we're supposed to use like pine shavings or something that absorbs moisture more, but is smaller, has basically more surface area, right? You want to think small... Like, the shavings are small, so you can mix it in better. And from what I understand, like, with... As long as the area is large enough, you can go a full year on pine shavings to where straw you're supposed to change, like, almost bi-weekly or once a month or something. Because it just... It doesn't... It doesn't absorb the moisture as well. And it smells and then, awful. Yeah. And then once you get the moisture in there, that's when you start getting fungus or whatever might grow in there. I'd say the other thing that that is more important in the future is having a place for if we're going to introduce more chickens is having a place to which I started this thought and did not finish it earlier but keeping them separate separate until you know for at least a week or so to make sure that you're not bringing any illnesses in or giving new chickens an illness that you already had in in the chickens you have right which like I, I you know Sam said earlier we don't know where the virus came from. We don't know if the, the ones that we bought at the tractor supply here, I'm just called it tractor fly. We call it tractor fly because that's what Beckett calls it. Uh, we don't know if it, the tractor supply chickens had it when we bought them or if the farm that we got them, the new ones from had it or if my brother's chicken coop had it. We don't know. Um, there's also, you know, it's he still doesn't have symptoms. My brother doesn't. So the chicken coop that we pulled his out of didn't have it. The farm where we bought them is not losing chickens. 
but ours were fine for weeks ahead of time as well. So yeah. the other option is that the wild birds flying into the chicken run to eat on with the food introduced it into our chickens. So yeah, so there has been a lot of those like just flying down and yeah, and they grab a snack and food. get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> so that you know maybe getting the roof on is more of a priority than I made it this year. Um, I don't want the raccoons to be able to climb in there either, but we've been putting them up at night, so yeah. it's not been an issue thus far. Just the uh, just the virus killing everything. Yeah, we'll be we'll keep you updated on how many chickens we have each week. <laughs> it's been so bad, so so bad. Luckily, Beckett's favorite. So the one gold lace wine dot that survived has uh, become Beckett's favorite chicken, and he th- asks about him every day, and he goes out and checks on him most days. But yep, so that's our chicken update. Um, I know this episode's going to be. Shorter than you're used to, because we like to talk for an hour, but um, we just thought we would discuss the the Correct. chickens and, and what's going on, and the virus is very much in full effect here in Northeast Oklahoma. I hear uh, from Twitter, actually, from the OU group that I hang out in, there is a person in the state of Washington that said that her family's, or not her family's, I'm sorry, the people around her in her little rural, 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 area Words. um they're losing all their chickens at once so like entire little homesteads are like it's wiping them out totally all at one time so maybe we got lucky that it's just taking one at a time and it'll die out i don't know but so yeah. it definitely has hit the state of washington i know that it ran through here very very hard hopefully we're we'll kick it here before too long and uh hopefully it'll go on with its bad self well uh that's gonna do it for this episode of the ultimate hobbyist if you're listening and it's not your first time, um, feel free to leave us a review. I know we had one four-star review. Thank you, whoever that was. I don't know if four... I drove Uber one time and four was really bad, like you wanted five. <laughs> so I don't know if it's the same thing in podcasting or if it even matters. Um, leave some words next time. Like We want to know what we can improve. We want to know why you didn't give us five stars. I don't know. We greatly appreciate you guys joining in, and we will talk to you next week on The Ultimate Hobbyist.